Tequila! What's up, y'all? It's your man, Ben. And I'm Alan. Join us as we tell stories and have fun. Hello, everybody. What's going on? Another episode of the Tequila Vibe. Yes, it's your man, Ben. I'm Alan. And today we are going to talk about something that we both know a lot about. Uh, you know our story, and if you don't, basically we met while working at a catering company. Shout outs to our fam. They've all moved on to do other shit. Yes. They are uh, doing their thing. We all started as a crew. Yes. At <laughs> a company here the in Atlanta crew ever. where we bartended with some of the best people who moved on to bigger and better things. Some of them have left Atlanta, sadly. Yes. But we are still close with them and we remain in contact. We do. And we do have one uh, uh, one friend that still lives here. We ain't seen him in a while. Shout outs to Patty. Patty. We shout outs to you, brother. Um yeah, uh, the service industry is a very interesting um, job to take. A lot of people think that it's just for like teenagers that are in high school and you get a job at like McDonald's and you do customer service and you move on to something else. There are many, 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 many people of different ages that work in the service industry and I've met them from 20-something up to like 60-something. You know, it's nothing wrong with working in the service industry, but it's hard. It's not for anybody that is thin-skinned, and you have to definitely have a love of money to do it, because that's the only reason you do it, because the check is nice. (laughs) And I mean, and let's also think about the fact that I'm not surprised that a lot of people have transitioned out of the uh, food service industry during the pandemic, because if you can make money doing something else that's less stressful... Even if you're not making that much more, the fact that you're not dealing with the stress and the chaos and the toxicity of some of these restaurants and bars, this is why so many workers have simply left the industry. Oh, my God. Yes. 100%. I keep wanting to call you Brody. Like, just in case, if if y'all hear me call him Brody, that's just, that's his nickname. That's my name. That's his name. So, we both are bartenders. And I've served, so I've done both. But when did you start in the service industry? I started uh, serving while I was in school at A&T. Okay. Uh, You listen, working to uh, make a little change to pay the rent. Yes. Rent was cheap then in Greensboro. <laughs> I worked at Chili's and I worked at Olive Garden. Oh. And uh yeah. It Date was, night central. Yeah, it was well in Greensboro, that was the that was the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> On a Friday and Saturday night, they sold Lambrusco wine where they actually the price of a glass of wine was the same price that you could pay for a bottle. <laughs> At Walmart, but you know, you know, Olive Garden's a big company, so that's just how they do. Yeah, my uh, my ex worked at the Olive Garden. Uh, we used to get breadsticks all the time, <laughs> and breadsticks was popping. <laughs> breadsticks is yeah. solid. Yeah, I mean, it was good. Uh, I started bartending ten years ago. I've worked in a multitude of places, and every place is different. But what I will say is, the thing, the nucleus of any good restaurant has to deal with the management team. 
And I've had really good managers and I've had some really, really, really bad managers. And there's this one manager I had. I was working at a, um, an establishment, a very popular establishment at a location here in Atlanta that I will not say because I'm going to be classy. I'm not going to be mean. And all of my managers, they just they really were just stupid. I mean, they were dumb and didn't know what was going on. And they treated the servers like they were slaves. And they looked at the bartenders like they didn't know what they was doing. And I think that when there's a breakdown between workers and management, that's when the chaos happens. And most service jobs are chaos anyway, but there was a difference between chaos and unorganized chaos. So Ben, what do you think? Do you think that it can be improved in terms of the quality of management? Do you think there's anything that can be done or do you think that's just kind of, this is kind of how it will always be with a certain percentage of establishment. I think that's always how it's going to be. You have to choose your your chaos. You have to choose your violence. I've never worked in a situation where there was, you know, harmony. There were, I mean, it wasn't like people were getting like slapped in the back of the kitchen and stuff like that. But it just seems like, you have to make sure that wherever you go, there's a modicum of respect between all different factions. Like the kitchen has to talk to each other. And let's talk about the kitchen. A lot of y'all out here really do believe in the dream. Like I'm going to open up a restaurant. It's going to be awesome. Is it going to be clean? Because that's what it needs to be. It can be awesome. You can be popping. You can have hookah on the stands. You know, everybody, you know, doing their thing and whatever. But there are certain things that have to happen in order for you to run a successful establishment. And one of those things is to make sure that you have the food. What is it? Food? Certified Food Protection Manager. Yes. Certification. And, And me and Ben have talked about this a lot. And we feel strongly that. If a lot of entrepreneurs and people with money here in Atlanta and in other cities who open up restaurants and dump their money into it, if they actually took the test that we took, they would never open up a restaurant. <laughs> they <Because> wouldn't. Because <laughs> of how complicated and how um, much goes into properly running a restaurant, ensuring that everything is running as it should, ensuring that hot and cold food are um, are taken care of so that guests are not getting sick. Mm-hmm. This is it's very complicated and it's very difficult. And a lot of people, I believe, do not factor that in before they decide to invest in opening a restaurant or a bar. Of course, because people are greedy and they want a quick cash grab and you think, hey, I know how to serve flapjacks and bacon. Let me just open up a restaurant and get me some servers. Have you ever heard of Shigella? Have you heard of botulism? Do you know that you can't place your items of food in a space where roaches and rats and mice and little critters can get to them? Do you know? That if your employee cuts themselves at work and you ain't got no band-aids, you got to send them home. 
Someone would be like, nah, if it get into the food, just say it's like, you know, blood, you know, red velvet or something. Yeah, I mean, it's serious. And these um, things that Ben and I have brought up, you can die from. You can. And the biggest issue is that we feel that a lot of individuals in Atlanta and in other places, they don't fully think through the liability involved in opening up a restaurant and the fact that you're completely dependent on five, 10 or 15 people mm-hmm. being on point at all times, mm-hmm. washing their hands at all times, throwing out spoiled meat at all times. At all times. And we, and we while some people would like to imagine that this always occurs, it does not. And so this is something that people need to understand before they decide to open up an establishment. Yes. Um, I'll ask you, Brody, since we're having this conversation, what was the biggest, because we both, honestly, we both studied for the test, but because of time constraints and a whole bunch of other stuff, originally I was supposed to take the test, but after a while, Brody was like, nah, you taking too long. I'm going to do it. I was like, okay, cool. So he actually took it. But we both know it. You know what I'm saying? We both know the information. So either one of us can answer any questions. So what I will ask you, what was your biggest or shock or takeaway or what was the thing that stuck with you the most after studying all of this stuff? I would say my biggest takeaway is I thought lawyer, lawsuits, law, (laughs) liability. It's very serious. I mean, this is no joke. I mean, if you get someone sick and they die or they get gravely ill and they sue you, your business could be over with. Mm-hmm. You could owe a lot of money to mm-hmm. the victims. Millions. You owe a lot of money to your lawyers who have to represent you and keep you out of prison mm-hmm. or keep you, you know, and it is something that stuck with me seriously and i'm not gonna lie to you after taking the test i personally do not want to ever open up a restaurant (laughs) just because of the liability and this is no shade to anyone that wants to open up a restaurant because i encourage you to do so if that's what you want to do i'm just saying that for me personally i would not do it after taking the safety manager test and understanding fully the liability involved in open up a, in opening up a restaurant. Well, because I'm a glutton for punishment, I still would love to open up a restaurant only because I know what it's like, you know, when you have like the vibe and people coming there and you're running like a good establishment. Oh, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I can edit that out. It's cool. Uh, I have um, always wanted to open up a restaurant, but the thing that I took away from the food manager training was there are a lot of things that have to be in place. And one of the things that I think is the most important is how you treat your employees. Absolutely. How you, how you hire them. Cause I worked at another establishment and the team was great. But they hired this one person, and they, because I'm not going to say he or she, they ain't going to listen to this, 
And she fucked it up. She just came in there and she just was crazy. And it was like, she she added no value. And I think that a lot of times, because of where we are right now, um, post-pandemic or whatever, people just want to hire bodies. They just want, they just need bodies in there and they just need people to be in there because they need somebody to cover ships. It's very important that you put together a good team that respects each other, that works with each other. And that is not just with the people actually serving the food or cooking the food. It's, it's up and down. It's all across the board. So what I learned is that not only does the establishment have to be pristine and clean and has to adhere to all the rules, the people that work there have to be willing to want to stay and also adhere to the rules as well. Because if you get disgruntled employees, then you will not be successful. You won't, and your business will close as fast as it opened. Like certain folks. Absolutely. And I think <laughs> to get to our next point, Ben, this is why I'm very confident in the future of food trucks. Now, I've told you I wouldn't personally open up a restaurant. But this is why I feel like food trucks are going to explode in Atlanta and they're going to explode in America. And we don't want them to explode. Shit. Pick a different I'm word. Sorry, <laughs> they're going to expand and be successful because think about it. If you have a food truck, depending on what you're selling, you can run it yourself or you may be able to run it with a crew of one or two people. That's true. And That's true. it's easier to find one or two solid, good people to help you uh, expand and manage your food truck as uh, uh, compared to having to get five, 10, or 15 people and pray that they're all on point to have a physical brick and mortar restaurant. And so that's mm-hmm. my only argument. Mm-hmm. You just need fewer people. And if you treat them right as a food truck operator, I just feel like there's more of a, there's a higher percentage of success in doing that than opening up a restaurant in this era. I want to uh, give a quick shout out to my cousin Khalil because he and his wife, they started with food trucks and then they expanded to a brick and mortar and they keep expanding. So I 100 percent agree with what you say because it all ties in because the people that he employs, they love him. They love both of them and they ride for him. And you don't want to bring the wrong people around you, much like us with uh, All Point Serp. We have to make sure that the people that are with us, they ride for us, they believe in us, and they want to genuinely grow with us. And I think Absolutely. it all goes back to um, picking the right people for every aspect of the business. You cannot run a successful business if there's one leak. Uh, what is it? Weak link in the chain. If, yep. there's, if there's a weak link in the chain. Tra- oh, God. <laughs> if there's a weak link in the chain, you cannot run a successful business. So I guess... What I'm basically trying to say for this particular episode is it takes everybody to believe in what you got going on. And if everybody does not believe, then it will fall. Absolutely. So I think this is one uh, piece of advice we want to leave to people for those that want to open up a restaurant. Again, we're not trying to discourage you. We just want you to be on point and understand the risks involved. And also people who already have a restaurant, maybe there's things that you can tweak and improve, and we hope that you do. And all, for all the food truck operators, we, I, you know, I personally feel like that is what where America is going to shift, more food trucks, more taco trucks, more you know, things like that. And so we just wanted to do an episode to just 
give our opinion on um, the food product safety manager test as well as what we've seen from working in the food um, industry. Yes, and as you know, we are very transparent. We love y'all. We are out of time, and we'll come back again to let you know everything that we got going on. All right, we out. Thank you so much for listening to The Tequila Vibe. Now, take a shot. Follow us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcast audio.